Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to Military Network Radio. We have a wonderful show for you today that's going to make a lot of sense to a large group of our listeners. And we're going to be talking today about financial fitness for military and veteran caregivers. And I'm joined today by co-host Tassambra Kimes, who's also a caregiver and a veteran. Good morning, Tassambra. Good morning, Linda. Always a pleasure. And I'm excited about today's post. You're right. It's going to be so... It's just useful information. I think whether you're a caregiver or not, it's it's useful information. You can apply it, but I'm excited. Absolutely. And, and I think the difference with the caregiver role is that you're often thrust into it with no warning or very little warning. True we maybe, story. Oh, true story. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can have caregivers who are really young, unfamiliar with the military in general, and then there's caregiving itself which is on-the-job training for the most part. And what we're going to be talking today is financial fitness and fitting in those decisions that you may not even think are coming up as you're walking your caregiver journey. But I think as we discuss this today and along the phases of the caregiving journey, that you'll understand that the decisions you make today are going to make a difference tomorrow. And so... We are all familiar with the the caregivers in this team of people on the air today. We know about the isolation, the unknown, and almost no resources for financial fitness for caregivers. But today, we're bringing you an expert. So today's guest, we are joined by accredited financial counselor, military spouse, and caregiver, Jessica Allen, Good morning, Jessica. Good Good morning. morning. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I am thrilled to have you. And and I I want to give a little backstory is that Jessica and I met when she was at Walter Reed after her husband had been injured. And what she is sharing today is all filed in a wonderful new that you can get on Amazon. And I will post that in the article following our show. But everything you're learning here comes from real life experience. There's no artifice to this. This is all practical information. And we're going to show you her history, the journey, and why this topic is so critically important. And I'm really excited to talk about this. So in a a very few sentences, because I want to make sure we get all of this in, the initial stage of caregiving, when you were at Walter Reed, did that kick in right away? I've got more to think about than only Chaz's health. Yes, 100%. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've I've been in the in the financial world since 2001 because whenever I met my husband and we decided to get married, I had a degree and nobody wanted to give me a job. So I went to work for H&R Block. And so I learned a lot about taxes and future planning then. And Chaz and I knew what we wanted to do at the end of his military career. And then boom. 
he steps on an IED, everything gets changed. So all of those plans, all of them had to be rearranged. So there were, and you know, there's a lot of quiet in the beginning of your journey. There's a lot of sitting there and just waiting. And so when I was sitting there waiting, I was then looking at resources to find out what I have to do now that my life has been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. But I'm one of those, I'm one of those people. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's changed. All of my plans are gone. Literally all my plans were blown up. Um, so what do I do? So yeah, so that's how I spent my time while I was listening to hospital machines beep and, and the carousel of medical care coming through the door. I was sitting over with an iPad going, okay, mm-hmm. well, what about this? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? Cause I didn't understand any of it. And no one told me what happens when your husband goes boom. Right. Well, and, and I think that's so critical that you share that because that happens to so many people, but mm-hmm. they're not all possessed with the mind and the resources that you are right. to think it through and to research it. I know that some people's response to injury and, and all that time is is to virtually panic or paralyze and, you, and shut down. And yeah, shut down. Right. Yeah. Precisely. And so these are these are really key points to consider. But I will tell you what I do remember is that you were always concerned about back home, the children, who was paying the bills, what was happening in your absence, as well as handling the caregiving. So I think for many, they aren't thinking along multi-levels. In mm-hmm. your case, I know you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's, it's like I was telling the other night in the car, this is so funny. Uh, cause now that we've transitioned into civilian world, we're really weird, you know, cause we're military, <laughs> you know, my husband's missing legs, everything's weird. Right. right? right. And so right. we're driving to a ball game the other night and the cheerleader sitting behind me says, you know, Miss Jessica, I just wanted to say something to you. I was like, yeah. She goes, I just think it's amazing how nice and positive you guys are because I would just be devastated if that was my life. And I said, well, you know, that's the thing about life. There are multiple paths and you got to choose the one you you want. And for us, it was rather than mourning what we lost, we celebrate what we have. And that is the path we are on. So you are welcome to join us, but we don't want you to spend a day feeling sorry for us. And the, and the little girl, you could just see, she's a big whopping 14 years old. She's just like, what? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And, and that was the thing, though. That's the way we've approached this from the beginning. But the financial part was, was critical to me because I've seen what financial disasters do. I, I've right. counseled people through it. Um, my mom was a victim of a financial disaster. My dad just decided to check out and trade in for a new model and totally left us behind. And I watched my mom like struggle with a minimum wage job because she stayed at home all of, to raise us kids. And uh, I've watched it. I, I went to work at, I, I pulled tobacco at 13 and then, you know, we finally got a job at 15 and I, I've been there. So I know how important money is. So whenever, and it, it's funny because when my husband got blown up, my uncle called me and he said, you know, he was a colonel in the army. He said, what do you need help with? I said, the money. Uh, what do we do now that we won't get paid? Because I thought right. we were civilians. I thought, you know, in civilians right, world, right. you don't get paid, right? He's like, oh, girl, we got you. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? I was like, I, I have some emergency fund money, and I, I know I can get through this many months. He was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, no, 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 you're good. You're good. And I went, okay, no, how can I be good? He's not working, right? And that's exactly right. what I said to myself, to my uncle. And he's like, no, let me walk you through it. So how blessed was I to have that phone call? Right. 
You yeah, really awesome. were. But this brings up a topic that, you know, I, I've written down as one of our questions. There are programs that if you don't know about, you will not know to apply for or to submit yes. for. There is so much of a learning curve and there is so little attention paid to this at this stage of the caregiving, right after the injury, right as the healthcare team is coming together. Right. And I remember you talking about financial programs with other caregivers because they didn't know, but you had done the research. It just we're, We've got an hour, so I don't want to rush you into this, but yeah. I do want to make sure that we talk about when you're in active duty, what are some of the programs, if you're facing an injury, that you do not want to miss submitting for? Oh, uh, you know, I don't, uh, that's would a hard say, one. Is, um, would you say scattle? Would you say? Oh, yeah, but scattle though, that all depends on your command team. I, and, I know. And your command team who has no medical knowledge, that's what always fuss, frustrates me about scattle. Because I remember we had this issue. I know. Um, scattle is a favoritism game. Mm-hmm. It is the WTB or whoever. I mean, I don't know the Marine side. I just know the Army side. It was literally a favoritism game of, you know, if you were nice and so-and-so liked you, you got the money. That's the ball game it was played. And I know it was played like that at Fort Campbell because I helped families through it. So I know this is a widespread problem. So that's something we need to work on. Is it, It's a clinical intervention. It's not a favoritism game. And WTB is administration, not medical. So they don't need to be making that decision. That needs to be your medical team deciding what care you need. So um, explain just briefly what SCADL is so sure. our listeners can Spe- understand. Sure. It's a special compensation for the, uh, what is it, assessment of activities of daily living, mm-hmm. something like that. And, and it's given to you on the active duty side. It is given to the service member with the intention, the service member will pay a, a caregiver or someone to help with his, uh, with his medical needs or his caregiving needs. So it is similar to the VA program in it's a clinical intervention. They're supposed mm-hmm. to say, okay, for our example, Sergeant Allen's lost both legs. Somebody's going to have to take care of him. So I think my husband was assigned as tier one through Skaddle. I'm not kidding. And through the VA, he's tier three, which yes, my husband's tier three. I give more than 40 hours a week of care to my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, to me, it's, Skaddle should be a little bit more common sense. But like I said, when, you, when Skaddle came out, we were there at Walter Reed. I know. And, and I remember reading the packet. And I remember a colonel telling me what it said. And I said, no, sir, that is not what this language, <laughs> no. I was like, it says right here how this is supposed to go. And this, and I, and I broke it all down to him. And so they tried to tell me that tier three was only for active duty soldiers who were consistently in ICU hooked up to ventilation. I was like, yeah, no. there's these, <laughs> there are these misconceptions over these programs. There are other programs though, when you're active duty, you need to be careful about, applying for some of these are like the GI bill say some of the other ones we're coming up on a break but you still have almost two full minutes go ahead and use it um AER American uh, excuse me army emergency relief that's always something that you can go to in case you need a little extra money Mm -hmm. um I think the one thing on active duty side that most people miss out on is a TSGLI yes um that is not put out there because I know I knew nothing about the TSGLI until I started researching about it and I know a lot of families miss out on that and sometimes they get them and say you know you no longer qualify because you waited too long um let me think what else uh I know I know there's so many great nonprofits that are out there to help and I feel like you you have to give them a shout out like Fisher House I mean they're right there for you 
to give you a place to stay. You know, they're amazing. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, really, that's that's active duty side. That's really all we had was SCADL, AER. And TSGLI. TSGLI, And, and it's yeah. important there, and we're coming up on a break, it is important, too, that when you receive some of these lump sum payments, that you know what to do with them. Yes. Because some people have gotten into big trouble because of that. Yes. So we're going to go on a break. We are visiting today with Jessica Allen, accredited financial counselor, talking about financial fitness for military and veteran caregivers. But a lot of this information she's passing on will work for those who are really not in this realm but want to know more about financial fitness because who doesn't need to know more about how to manage your money well? We have a short break. We'll be coming back right afterward and stay with us. You won't want to miss this. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velasi's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's Marching If you have a lot of spizzerinktum or the will to win, and you have a strong desire to be a part of your favorite sports team, the National Hockey League might be for you. Did you know that if both goalies on an NHL hockey team are injured, anyone at the game is eligible to step in and play the part? Teams have resorted to using their coaches, team owners, and even their web designers to fill in for injured goalies. It's as simple as slipping into your breezers or hockey pants. The original hockey puck was made out of frozen cow dung. The fastest puck shot on record was clocked at 114 miles per hour. And I'd like to take this opportunity to send out a special thanks to the men and women of our armed forces serving our country around the world. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. 
welcome back. We're continuing our discussion about financial fitness, and we were talking before the break about TSGLI, a, a large payment of insurance money that comes to people. And before we go off of the active duty side and move toward the transition to the veteran, let's talk just briefly, Jessica, about how careful people have to be with this lump sum payment. Yes, it is crucial to basically save that lump sum payment. I I mean, when you're sitting in the hospital and you get a drop of up to $100,000 in your bank account, you don't need to worry about what you're spending it on while you're still inside the hospital. That is a time to just let it sit because you're going to make horrible decisions with it while you're dealing with your trauma. And the thing that bothers me the most about TSGLI is I, I know they've re- I know they've remedied it a little bit. They're now supposed to be providing financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with financial advisors. If you go and look up John Oliver, which I mentioned in my book, because I love how he did yes. a skit. I love that skit. Anyone can call themselves a financial advisor. <laughs> it is it is a license. It can be a licensed position, but you can walk into the bank and find someone there carrying that title. That doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. And not only that, they're going to get that lump sum of money and more than likely they're going to talk you into something that you don't really want to be in. That is critical. And that's why I bring it up because I watched so many families walk into this pitfall only to lament it later. But it, when oh, it's yes. gone, it's gone. It's gone, it's gone. And, and you know, we were weirdos. We knew that we were going to build a house. We knew we were going to build a house. Uh, we weren't naive in thinking that a white horse was going to show up and build us a house. And thank goodness we had that because, you know, somebody did come in and they said they were going to build us a house and that all fell through. Mm -hmm. And if I would not have saved that TSGLI money, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to afford the house that Chaz needed. And you definitely needed it because you Mm -hmm. needed an accessible, adapted home. Mm -hmm. And that really made a difference to the quality of life. Mm -hmm. Let's now move on. If, if, If I haven't missed anything vital because all of this is compiled in your book. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the, as you're medically retiring out, going through mm-hmm. the med board um, on the break, we talked about it. This is such an area where you're given bad information, wrong information, conflicting information. Talk yes. about med board thoughts, what has to happen during that period and the decisions that have to be made. So GI Bill assignments, et cetera. Go into that if you would. Yeah, probably the one thing I always share with families is make sure if you are GI Bill eligible that you transfer it to every person in your family. And they'll look at me and go, no, no, my my wife's already gone to school, whatever. Well, you don't know your wife might want another bachelor's at some point. She might want to go back to school at some point. And the other thing is, what if your kids get full ride scholarships? Mm -hmm. Who else can that money money go to? It's a benefit you've earned. So make sure you share it with your loved ones and make sure you get the GI Bill transferred before you even think about retiring. Because once you hit that retirement window where you're locked in, you can't change anymore. So you just threw the benefit out the window. My husband's a great example. Chaz is never going to college. He's not college material. We love him. He's just not. Uh, At some point, he'll probably go to a trade school and learn more about computers. So he transferred the GI Bill to me and the girls. Mm -hmm. With that knowledge of I said, you know, what happens if I decide to change paths and I want to do something else later? I now have that available to me. More than likely, we're going to give it to our kids. But again, what if they get an amazing scholarship package? You know, you got to make sure you make that that uh, that 
those options available. Never close out your options. Uh, when you're getting into the med board, make sure you have a, a an advocate on your side. Mm-hmm. Make sure you, and not necessarily the Peblo, because our Peblo was useless. Our Peblo called me, I kid you not, and asked me to drive to Fort Campbell and pick up my husband's initial entry paperwork that said my husband had legs when he joined the Army. Oh, my gosh. That's how we started our med board. <laughs> well, wow. but you're not unusual. And, and the only thing I will say in defense of the med boards is they change in and out so fast that you don't have a lot of continuity. But I have heard far too many horror stories not having an advocate. So go to a VSO, get yes. an advocate, get a champion, and do not do it alone. I do mention also, if you would, about the timing. They may take weeks and months to write up your NARSUM, your narrative mm-hmm. summary, etc. Yeah. And then it goes through a series of set, steps. Mm-hmm. If you don't go over that with a fine-tooth comb, taking your time and getting it in, by the time you transfer over to VA, Fixing things is it's nearly impossible. impossible. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so talk about the timing because there's a lot of pressure. Yes. They, yes. they get things together and then boom, they give it to you. And what do they say? Uh, they want 24 to 48 hours for a signature to which right. I replied, um, you had months. I'm going <laughs> to at least take my time. And when I'm finished reading this, you'll have it. And the guy said, well, then we'll have to restart it all over again. I said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. You are being ridiculous. If you can take three months to put it together, I can take three days to read it over. It's just, you know, it, it's, I don't like the whole bullying thing. It never works well for me because I'm it just. It doesn't a, work for you, but unfortunately it does work for others. And I've walked many a family through where they said, but they told me they would reduce mm-hmm. the benefits if I didn't sign it. Oh, whatever. I love and, that. Well, like, yeah. we've all heard it. We've all heard it. And so I guess what we're saying on this show and, and encouraging you to do is that take your time before yes. you sign anything that has future ramifications that you may not be able to undo. Take your time and phone a friend. Take your That's what I always tell them. Take your time and phone a friend. Never go into that alone. Uh, the other eyes are, it's always great to have other eyes when you're writing something, reading something, those kind of things. Never think that you have to do everything by yourself. Never let them make you think that. They they do not, I know our Peblo did not want us to have a VSO. He didn't get a choice. When he asked me to go to Fort Campbell to pick up the initial entry physical mm-hmm. to prove that Chaz had legs, I knew I was dealing with someone who whose elevator did not go to the top. So... <laughs> That's when I decided we were going to have somebody come through. And I cannot remember now who it was that was with us. But, um, you know, I think I can remember, but, uh, you know, I may not be right. So, yeah, (laughs) but let's (laughs) (laughs) I have read, you know, you're very right about another set of eyes because I must have read a a thousand narsums, the narrative summaries. Mm -hmm. And I would say, but where is the IED explosion and the traumatic brain injury? Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Wasn't there unconsciousness? Mm-hmm. Oh. So anyway, on those, take your time and phone a friend. I think it's excellent. As you're also making that active duty to veterans, this decision to where do you go next? You yeah. knew you were going to go build a house. Yep. But there are big rules about how many times the services will pay to relocate you, mm-hmm. um, move your belongings. Where will your family go next? Uh, Ty, would you like to add to that? I think um, it's 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 tricky. It's tricky to kind of decide where you're going to go. And, and But those are good questions to ask. I mean, we keep talking, you know, since the beginning of the show about 
asking the right questions and just really asking questions. Jessica, you mentioned in the hospital how you just ask tons of questions. And so I think it's important to to look at what questions you want to ask. What's going to be good for the kids? What's do mm-hmm. you, Are you going to need help? You know, of course you're going to need help financially because especially if they're little and you still have to pay for, for child care. What other questions do you think, Jessica, would be good for someone to to ask and try and find answers to in order to discover where you go next. Medical stay care. stay there? Yeah. Okay. Medical care is crucial. Um, for mm-hmm. us, we relocated back to Tennessee because that's where I'm from. My husband's from Oklahoma. And we knew that the medical care in Oklahoma was not going to be as good as what we could get here in Tennessee. Um, we also knew that we wanted to grow things. And it's hard to grow things in Oklahoma, depending on where you live. And so t- <laughs> right. Tennessee, I mean, really, it's hard to grow dirt in Oklahoma. Um, so... <laughs> Tennessee was really our, our place. And, and Chaz and I, I'm from here, but he just became a transplant. He just loves it here. We thought about staying in Virginia and Maryland because of Walter Reed. Mm-hmm. But then what we realized was that was not a good environment for us. It, the traffic was too stressful for Chaz. We wanted a simpler life. We wanted a calmer life. We wanted less traffic, those kind of things. But medical care was crucial because he is a double above the knee amputee with right arm limb salvage. And he also has a back injury. He's had blood clots, infections, all those things. So we had to be in proximity to good medical care. Now, for us, the Murfreesboro VA was a waste of time for us. And so we are now out on Medicare. We could not get Chaz the care he needed through the Murfreesboro VA, so we just gave up. So we now use the Medicare pays out at 80%. TRICARE for Life wraps around at 20%. So we're still getting Chaz the, Medicare, the medical care he needs at zero cost. So it's a great thing for us. And I always encourage families to make sure that you understand the VA may not be your only option. So research other options. I also encourage families to always take Medicare. Always, always, always take it. You cannot argue me out of that stance. And the reason is when my husband had a flesh-eating bacteria in his back, the VA could not see him. They could not see him. And I rushed him to a hospital And the doctor looked at me and said, oh, my gosh, you saved your husband's life. Mm -hmm. That's the sole reason to always have your Medicare, TRICARE, something. If if the VA is your only choice, I'm really sorry, and I hope that you find a good VA. Um, Also, you got to think about your community and your environment. And for me, we are close to family, but we don't have the smothering family on top of us. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. You got the smothering family. You got the cool family. We got cool family around. (laughs) Smothering family is a little bit of a drive. We love them. We want to see them. We just don't want to see them every day, you know? Um, so that you have to figure out where your heart is, where, where can you call home? Where is, you're going to have all the creature comforts. I'm a Starbucks fiend, but I'm 20 miles from a Starbucks. I got over that. Um, you know, you have to figure out where's your balance and, and where's your heart going to be happy for us. It's 10 acres in the middle of the boondocks in Tennessee, but we have a beautiful view of the mountains. So (laughs) no, but those are very important points that I think that, you know, in the overwhelm period, it's hard to think about those things and get them right. So we're coming up on another break. When we come back, let's talk quickly about how many times you can move, how many times the services will move your belongings, because those things you don't want to miss out on either. And it's important taking a look at the financial effect of the injury or illness to your family in the future. Mm -hmm. 
Really, really important. So we have a short break. We're visiting today with Jessica Allen, AFC. We're talking about financial fitness for military and veteran caregivers and their families. And we are so pleased to be able to present this very practical information all compiled in her book. We'll be right back. You're listening to Military Network Radio and stay tuned. Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. managed to run out of coffee again this morning. I didn't even have enough to make one cup. Boy, was that a miscabobble or big mistake because I make serious coffee so strong it wakes up the neighbors. Now, I don't have a problem with caffeine. I have a problem without caffeine. I get wadgety and brickety. Did you know apples are more efficient than coffee for keeping people awake in the morning? Unfortunately, I didn't have any apples either. Acorns were used as a coffee substitute during the American Civil War. Without my hot cup of coffee in the morning, I'm feeling pretty squirrely myself. What do you call that piece of cardboard that wraps around your coffee cup to keep from burning your hand? A zarf. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion about financial fitness. And Jessica, just to finish up the last segment, when you're taking a look at the financial effect of injury or illness to the family, would you say the general caregiver or even just the general um, family member in a situation like this, even knows the question to ask? No, I think that you get just so lost in all of it. And you have to take time to mourn the loss of your life. Because for us, my husband was going to serve 20 years, and then he wanted to go to Border Patrol. So we're, we're supposed to be living in Arizona now. And instead, my life revolves around physical therapy and doctor's appointments and adapted housing and adapted cars and Mm -hmm. all this stuff that, you know, doing all sorts of things that he can't help me with anymore. And then there's the financial part, (laughs) right? right. you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's so much in the day-to-day work and the money. And so it's so overwhelming. And I feel like 
when you, you have to take that time to mourn the loss of the life that you had planned. Mm -hmm. And once you get through that, then you can start peeling through some of these decisions. And it's such a slow, hard task because that morning is going to come back. Cause it's, you know, cause I know Chaz would have retired. Um, we would be getting ready to move to Arizona right now if Chaz would not have been injured. And so there's parts of us that are like, wow, wow, this is not what we planned. And, and it's turned out really great. Our life is wonderful. We are very blessed. We're very happy people. Our kids are amazing, you know, um, <laughs> but it's still not what we planned. So you still have those moments where you sit back and go, well, that just kind of stinks, you know, and then there's but still a financial very decision. Human. Very yeah. human. And, and, and I think that you, you say that with all candor because it's so important and people, I don't want them to think that you're an automaton who just had figured this out from no. read on and figured it out because no, there is no. a lot to mourn. And if you skip those steps, they will come back to bite you in the butt. Absolutely. And, and that was the thing is like, if you don't watch your credit card, you know, and you're charging it up because you're, you're, you're hurting and you're not, you know, if buying something in the store makes you feel good. And that's great. But guess what? You, you got to pay that bill and you, you still got to be able to eat. You still got to have a house. You still have to need, you still need a car. And then you go out and you get the fancy car, you get the fancy house. And then before you know it, you're eating up with payments to where you have to declare bankruptcy because you just weren't paying attention. There's also the added aspect that certain of the conditions, whether mm -hmm. it's a severe PTSD or a traumatic brain injury that changes the executive functioning, there is impulsive buy buying by some veterans. And as you're looking at setting up for success financially, how do you discuss the very emotional aspect of who's going to manage the money, who and how will the decisions be made? When do you have that discussion? Do you have separate funds, joint funds? What is your recommendation on all of those very tangled topics? Because some of these things are really out of your control from a medical basis, yeah. but they can be in your control from a planning basis if you have good communication within the family. Right. I always say that if you're married, two becomes one. I don't like this whole my money, her money stuff, because that will lead to tension and resentment later on down the road. So I always say this, you know, in my house, yes, we live on the government stipends because my husband was injured in combat and the majority of our money comes from that. But guess what? I'm here helping him stay six feet above ground every single day. Mm -hmm. So guess what? We're a partnership. And so we're going to make those decisions together. So once a month, we have a state of the Allen household address where we come together and we look at everything. And then once a year, we have the big state of the Allen household address where we look and make sure our life insurance is in, in place. And um, I know we need to update our wills, but the wills that are in place right now would be fine. Mm -hmm. they, if we died today, they would be okay. They just need to be updated a little bit. Um you know, you have to have those conversations. Now, if you have someone with impulse control, I always suggest prepaid debit cards because you could fill them up with the money that is okay for them to spend. And then that way it's not taken away from the kids being able to go eat at school because we need the kids to eat at school. You know, that's important. They got to eat while they're in school. They got to be, they got to fill that tank to learn. Right? right. So when I hear that, you know, well, but my husband has impulse control. I understand that. So what can we do to resolve that issue? you know, you're, and he might get mad at you, but guess what? It's not about him. It's about the kids. We got to think about the kids first. We got to think about your household. 
you know, one of the top reasons for committing suicide is finan- it's financial issues. Right. One of the top reasons for divorce, financial issues. Mm-hmm. One of the top reasons for stress overload, financial issues. So how do we resolve that? We come together and we figure out what we can do together. Not he and I, or he, she, or whatever's going on in your household. It, it's two people working together, not two people competing. And so that's the biggest thing that I see in households is he, the one partner feels like it needs to be this way. The other partner feels like it needs to be that way. And nobody's talking to each other. So Jessica, do you think that it'd be a good time if there are couples who are struggling to talk about the financial aspects? Would it be good for them to seek a financial advisor? Yes. Well, I would encourage them to seek a financial counselor like okay. myself. Um, there's several of us. Uh, I would in, I would encourage them to seek a financial counselor over a financial advisor because the financial counselor is going to be able to talk to them a little bit more about their feelings and thought process. I know finding AFCs like me that have so much knowledge of the wounded world and the killed in action world, we are kind of unique, but we do exist. There, there are a couple of us. We're actually really good friends because... <laughs> <laughs> small circle, good. It is. It's a very small circle. Um, it is hard to find Part, you know, people who do have that level of expertise, but we are out there. Uh, I know personally when I call my bank and I try to explain things to them, I can't tell you how many times I've just said, you know, I've just got to go because they don't understand Mm-mm. the financial parts of this life. They don't understand that some of the income is taxable. Some of it's non-taxable. They don't, I mean, they just do not get it. They don't get it at all. And I just get really tired of explaining it. So I know with all the knowledge I have, if I get tired of explaining it, I know that a lot of the other families get tired and frustrated as well. Right. You're exactly right. And there are not only the immediate decisions to make, you know, feeding the children, as you said, you know, keeping the roof over your head, paying the utilities, but there are longer term decisions. Yep. You know, are you going to go to your forever home? Is the care you're getting what you want or do you need to move near a polytrauma center? Mm-hmm. Is it temporary? Are you unsure about the relationship or the way money is being handled, school, work? There are a million longer-term financial decisions that also factor into this. And you're saying that a counselor can help you work through those. And and with your specialized knowledge, it makes it a lot simpler. When folks are, I'll I'll say it, just too young or or married for too short a time to have a couple's approach to things, what is your feeling about – making those decisions when they're very unsure about the relationship, fix the relationship first, work on it together. I mean, finances, as you said, get in the middle of a lot of relationship issues. Yeah. Then, if you know. you're in that situation, you need a third party to help you. Mm-hmm. And, and rather it be a marriage counselor or a financial counselor, you need a counselor. You need somebody with that counseling that, that understands the psychology of communication because that's communication is usually where the big issues occur. That's where all the friction happens. Because if I'm communicating through text, you can't see my face, you can't hear how I feel. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things get blown out of proportion, thanks to text messaging, Facebook, we've all seen this firsthand. Well, (laughs) when you can get the two, the, you know, if it's when you get the couple in the same room, and I've dealt with this many, many times, when you get the couple in the same room, they can finally look at each other. And so much beauty can come from a simple look. (laughs) It's amazing what happens when you put the stupid phones down and just talk to each other. And and we talk about the things like, you know, what are your goals? And sometimes their goals are a little different, but there is a happy medium. And then unfortunately, there's sometimes there are marriages that just need to end. And 
And I hate it when it comes to that, but it does happen. We've all seen it. Uh, if you've been around the caregiving world long enough, you, you've seen it and we get it. And then if you choose that path, there's a transition out of that. There's a transition through divorce where everyone is still being taken care of and the world will be happy for both. And, and I've been, I've, I've dealt with some of those situations and it's hard. And, you know, I hate when people feel like all they can do is give up, but sometimes giving up is for the best and mm-hmm. you have to come to that that situation. But when you're making those decisions of where your final, you know, wh- is it going to be your final home? Like you were saying, I know for us, this is it. We're done. Mm-hmm. You know, Chaz and I were 10 years older than the average wounded person anyway. Well, you know, our kids are 10 years older than the normal kids that you see be bopping around the hospital. So we were in a different spot. Um, will we stay here forever? I think so. I don't know. Every so often Chaz says something about moving to the beach, which that kind of scares me. Um, I'm thinking about him and the wheelchair and sand and thinking that that right. doesn't go together really well, but whatever. Um, you know, those are things because you have to think about the VA housing grant. You know, that's right. only, it's only like $75,000. I can't remember what it is right now. I know it was 73 when we built our house and it cost $350,000 to build our house. Mm-hmm. And they gave us 73, 70, yeah, $73,000 towards us. Like, thanks. That covered the bathroom. Um, you know, the, <laughs> no, but you're serious. You're right. talking about a roll in shower. You're talking yes. about giving the most right. independence possible. Yes. Just so that people listening understand what you're talking about. Um, it's not that you're building the Taj Mahal. No, you're right. building something that is practical and workable for someone who is and disabled. What? Always makes right. us laugh, as, as Chaz puts it. Leg walkers come into our house and say, wow, your house is huge. When the VA comes to our home, like the, the, the guy who signed off on the grant check, our VA home health care nurse, when they come into the home, their first comment is like, oh, my gosh, this house is so perfect for you. Right. So I always enjoy that. And then also, you know, our other friends, our friends and families that are in our uh, same situation, they say the same thing. We have given out our fuller plans to more people than I can count. That's a blessing because I think, again, the mentoring and the closeness of the community can be such a help. And I think also keeping some of these things off of social media where damage can be done because people are hurting, they're in tough situations, and that can really exacerbate situations that people don't even understand. Mm -hmm. So you're very wise to talk about putting people together with face-to-face contact, and that's true for everything we all do. So we're going to go on our final break. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk in the final segment about planning ahead, your your medical insurance needs, your budgets, changing needs, give, save, and spend, educating going forward, and retirement. What do you do with long-term disability and how do you make sure that you have adequate coverage? So these are still bigger questions. And uh, please just know, everything is compiled in Jessica's book, which we will post <laughs> with the article. So you don't have to memorize what you're hearing today, but recognize that someone knows what you're living and is giving practical advice on how to manage it. You'll be able to find this show afterward at militarynetworkradio.com and on iTunes. We'll be back after this very short break. Thanks for staying with us. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages. Radio 
Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. wonder how reindeer survive the severe cold? Well, they snuzzle around for some moss to eat. Moss contains a special chemical that helps keep their body fluids warm. And they're going to have to keep warm if they're going to pull Santa's sleigh every year. Santa's sleigh was originally called a wing doodle. Both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. I can't help but wonder why Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Blitzen had male names. Since they had antlers, they would have had to be female. We women should have known only females would be able to drag a hefty man outfitted in a red velvet suit, originally called a Poopin' Daddy, all around the world in one night and not get lost. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We are continuing our discussion with Jessica Allen about financial fitness. So let's move into the family decisions after and wherever your home is currently and for a while. How do you do what we'll call general financial planning? So planning ahead. How do you take a look at medical needs going forward? Insurance needs that you may need. How does your budget change? How are you going to be flexible with those changing needs? So Injuries make planning extremely challenging. So where would you start with that, Jessica? Planning so ahead. I always go to the end, and here's why. You know you're going to die, right? Mm-hmm. It's all going to happen. All of us know that we're not getting out of here alive. So we go all the way to the end. We make sure our wills and powers of attorney, all of that stuff that we can get done and put away gets done, mm-hmm. right? Then we look at life insurance because – As you would go through your life, you're going to, in theory, need less life insurance. So let's go ahead and look at if you died today, because we're already there with our wills, right? If you died today, how much money would your spouse need to recover? So for me, I have a million dollars on my head. I do not suggest that you kill me to make my husband a millionaire. (laughs) It would not go well for him. But I have a million dollars on my head because we all know that money goes fast. And Chaz is going to need a lawyer. He's going to need an accountant. He's going to need a babysitter. He's going to need someone to help him with his appointments. He's got, I mean, just think about all the things my husband's going to need. He's going to blow through a million dollars in his lifetime. Very quickly, very easily, even with his stipends coming in, 
he's going to need help with all of that. So that million dollars will help him, right? Now, in regards to my kids, my kids just have a $10,000 policy on each of them. That's enough to bury them. I did take out a whole life insurance policy on both girls because that is a gift to them. So when they get of age, we're going to be like, here you go, life insurance, you're good. Yay, go mom, dad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then you then you need to look at your retirement because we're all going to retire at some age. Now, we know that like my husband got to retire at, 30, whatever. And he's now, you know, doing whatever he wants forever, but I'm still working. I'm still very much working. So what am I doing for my retirement is I have an IRA, which is an individual retirement account. It's not just for rich people. I deal with that comment all the time. IRAs are for everyone. Everyone can have an IRA. You just need to find a bank you're comfortable with. I like Roth IRAs because as we're putting our money in, it's taxed as it goes in rather than with a traditional it's taxed when you pull it, pull it out. Mm-hmm. So what is your tax rate today versus 25 years from now? You don't know. So let's just go ahead and resolve it. Let's just tax it as it goes in. That's why I like Roths. Mm-hmm. So my goal every year is to hopefully make uh, at least $6,000 because the max for an IRA is 5,500. That's my goal for every year. Um, luckily, I'm really good at my job, so I make that goal. <laughs> <laughs> good. You, know, uh, you know, so there's that. Now, also, the other thing to think about is Social Security. Right. While your husband is on Social Security disability, more than likely, you know, if you don't work for 10 years, you're not going to have any Social Security to draw off of. Mm-hmm. So that's something you need to think about. So what can I do? to protect my social security balance. You need to work at, you know, I think it's $1,500 per credit. You can get four credits in the social security system per year, right? So if you're doing $1,500 per credit, you need to make $6,000 a year. Oh, wait a minute. I've got $6,000 per year that I can make and I can max out my IRA and I'm still vested in social security. $6,000. So I always tell caregivers, shoot for making $6,000 a year. It'll protect you more than you can think about, you know? Um, so then, you know, then the big thing is, well, what about the kids? Here's the way I look at it. I paid for my college and I turned out just fine. So that is the goal that you should have for your children. Uh, your, the goal for your children, oh, sorry, back, I skipped a step there. The goal that you should have for your children is to take care of yourself because it is, it should not be your children's responsibility to take care of you when you're aging. Right. It should be your responsibility to take care of you. So with that said, Do you need to look at long-term disability insurance for yourself? Your spouse is already covered because they're under the VA, they're under Social Security. But what about you? Should we get you long-term disability insurance? That's a question you're going to have to think about and talk to your insurance agent about. Do you want cancer insurance? I have clients that have cancer insurance. So just in case they get cancer, they're taken care of. That's okay too. But the big thing is, is you've got to get life insurance. Now, with your service member, if you were able to take advantage of SBP, which is survivor's benefit plan, I always tell my clients to take it if the numbers add up. If you are vested in the VA to where you qualify for DIC, which is dependency, no, dependent indemnity, is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. Something like, it's a compensation, okay, how about right. that? But the compensation is only $1,200 a month. So say that your disabled veteran is bringing in $3,000 from the VA and $1,500 from social security. I'm just using even numbers. I don't, you know, I know that's not really what's out there. So that's $4,500 a month you're getting. Well, when they pass, you no longer get that. And if you're eligible for DIC, you're only going to get 1200. How, how are you going to adjust for that? So you, you didn't take out SBP. You don't have life insurance on them. You just went from $4,500 to $1,200 a month. 
You are talking right. about a lot of older yeah. veterans who are, one thing I do want to mention, the, the caregiver program is not a salary. So it yes. is not subject to Social Security. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, that is a problem. You're looking at years and years. I guess you're receiving money. Not going toward your and, Social Security. And if your service member dies, you lose that income too. So say right. you're getting $1,000 from the VA. So that's $5,500 a month that you might be bringing in right now, but they throw a blood clot and die in their sleep. You're now down to $1,200 a month if you qualify for DIC. Now, if you have SBP, you'll get the balance between it, which again, I'm not going to go over all this. It's all in the book, guys. I did all the work for you. I did all of it for you. Uh, (laughs) I even have hyperlinks in there for you. So, you know, say you don't make that $6,000, you can't qualify for social security. You can't, you know, you can't qualify for an IRA. The best thing you can do is a mutual fund. And I love mutual funds, but make sure that you're getting into a good mutual fund. I like Navy Federal and I like USAA for military families. They tend to understand a little bit better. Um, I also have a local bank, but I don't use the local bank for investments. I only use the local bank for checking and savings. Mm -hmm. I like USAA. I like Navy Federal. My clients have seen good products out of them. Vanguard's a great civilian investment company if you want to go with Vanguard. But go into a mutual fund. Go into a mutual fund that's diversified. And what that means is you're putting money in different pockets. We never want to put all of our eggs in one basket. Let's listen to our grandparents with that, right? (laughs) We want to make sure that we're putting our money into the stock market. I know it's scary, but here's what you do. You give the money to the stock person and you never look at it. Well, not never. Maybe once a year, okay? But we're not going to sit there and watch our account go up and down every single day because we're going to go nuts. So no, you just, no day trading. <laughs> no, no, we don't have time for that. You know? No. So we just give the money to a trusted advisor. Uh, again, you know, it's all up to you. Do your research. I love USA, Navy, federal Vanguard, three great options. Um, give them what you can to save for a rainy day, but you also need to have an emergency fund. You need to have a three to six month emergency fund. And you're going to sit there and go, well, why? Cause the VA pays me every month. Guess what? We're the bargaining chip on Capitol Hill. They love to put our wages out there and hold our wages. So what happens if we become the bargaining chip again and they, we don't get paid? What are you going to do? If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't pay any of your bills if we're the bargaining chip and they take our Social Security, VA payments, whatever. And we've all seen it happen more than one time. Mm-hmm. So we have to have that three to six month emergency fund in case bad things happen. And then last... The month to month is the budget. We got to have a budget. If you don't have a budget, you don't know what's going on with your money. Every dollar that comes in and out of your home needs to have a name. We have here in our house, we have our fund account is called the S&G fund. And that means the uh, crap, but we use the S word and giggles fund. That's Mm -hmm. the money that we're allowed to take for vacations and this, that, and the other. So when I say every dollar has a name, every dollar has a name. And you can lump it together and be like, this is my food money. This is my utility money. That's great. Go for it. You can do that too. Whatever, however you want to budget your money is great. You can use a good old pencil and paper. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. Dave Ramsey has a great uh, program Mm -hmm. called Every Dollar. My other favorite is youneedabudget.com. Once again, all of it's in the guide. All of it's in there. I did it. I put it all in one place and everything's <laughs> hyperlinked. So you can go to the table of contents, click on it. It'll take you there. Once you get to the subject you want to learn about, there's more links to take you to other places. You know, it, I, I, I did a, I did as much thinking as I could to, if this was me and I was starting all over again, 
what did I need to know? Or if I met a caregiver tomorrow who was starting at day zero, what could I give to them? And that's how I wrote the guide. So hopefully and it, it, helps it is people. written that way. And it is very practical. One last question before yeah. I, I tell you to give out the um, way to find out more information. How important is it to also be coaching your children on financial planning as they're growing up? I have a whole section on kids in the guide because kids are the greatest. The kids you have to adapt to whatever their age whatever their age is. Like right now our girls have prepaid debit cards. So I load up their debit cards with the money that they earned because I'm scared of kids having cash because kids are bad about losing cash. Um, here in our house, we work on a commission-based system. If you don't work, you don't get paid, which is how I, that's how my life is. I don't work. I don't get paid. Right. Okay. So it's great to go ahead and teach the kids that skill because they're going to need that whether they get a nine to five job or if they choose to be like mom and do contract work, they have to understand that the harder you work, you build your reputation, you know, you'll get contract offers, you'll get flexibility, you'll end up working a job that you love. And that's what I'm trying to teach our girls. But our girls also know they have to save. And so we have a deal. It's up to you how much you save, but you need to have a a goal. So our sophomore, her current goal is she wants to buy a car before she goes to college. So that's what she's saving for right now. Uh, Our seventh grader, she doesn't care. She saves like the minimum, which is 25%. She saves the minimum and then spends the rest on whatever the random toy is of the day, Uh, which is okay. She has to, that's an important lesson to learn. It's a choice, right? Right. She has to learn choices. She has to understand like, we're going to go shopping today, but she went shopping with grandma yesterday. So she spent some money yesterday. So now today she's going to have that moment of, oh, I should have held back some money. Right. So, but those are all great tools to teach your kids. Um, I would say delayed gratification is the most important thing to teach your children. They have to learn. They cannot have everything the moment they sneeze. They have to learn that they have to work up a ladder to get where they need to be. They have to learn that no one hands you anything. It's very, very important that we teach them that. Amen. We have very little time left. (laughs) Tell them where they can find out more about you. I will post the link on the book in the article. Well, I have a Facebook page. It's Jessica Allen, accredited financial counselor. I know it's long, but all of it had to be in there. Um, and then the Amazon, the the book is only on Amazon right now, but I'm working on that. Pretty soon it's going to be on iBooks. It's going to be on uh, Barnes & Noble, all those different platforms. And then I'm hoping, fingers crossed, by the end of the year to turn this into a workbook. Great. Jessica, thank you so much for the book, for this interview, and all the answers to all our million questions we threw at you this morning. It's been a pleasure having (laughs) you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I think we'll have a follow-on show on this one. Thank you all. Come back next week for more on Military Network Radio. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your